Welcome to 646. My name is Dawson McManus, and we got Joey Charlebois in the studio today. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Right doing on. Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. For anybody that doesn't know, Joey has been a good friend of mine for a very long time. Actually, I have known him longer than anybody that has been on the podcast thus far. It's been a um, long time. We met when I was 13, and I think you would have been... I would have been nine. Nine. Yeah, that's a, a tender age. It's been a this long time. A long time ago. Oh my God. I think 18 years. I think if my math isn't totally. That fun. makes me feel a lot older. Yeah. Oh great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good though. Yeah. Also, um, for anybody that doesn't know who Joey is, he is a monster guitar player. He sings. Uh, but one of my favorite things that you do is not just the way that, uh, like, I love the way you play electric, but your acoustic playing is probably what I consider to be far and away the most impressive oh, thing. At you. least to me. Yeah, is, thank you. I love that shit. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that you really kind of went down the rabbit hole of those extreme acoustic guys like yeah. Andy McKee. And, yeah. And I'm sure you could list about a hundred other yeah, dudes I, that I've never so heard of. So many artists that are unknown in that realm of music. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't into it all the time. Yeah. Just well, like recently, just recently, but... It's yeah. a, when you jump into that, it's a whole new way of playing guitar. Yeah, and it's amazing too that considering you really, in the grand scheme of the amount of time you've been playing for, you really haven't been doing the extreme acoustic that long. No. But just how how much you've really kind of run away with it. Yeah, is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think. focused on that primarily mm -hmm. for a long time now, but yeah, still a fraction of the time I've been playing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we met in elementary school. At Shimon. Shimon Public School. That's right. Um, when we first, uh, when my family first moved to Ontario, or back to Ontario from BC. Mm. And uh, you were hanging out with my cousin Colin. Yeah, I knew him in kindergarten. Yeah. I've known him for a long time too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just through that, because um, Colin started playing guitar shortly after Devin and myself and the rest of the yeah. family. Uh, when we first moved back to Ontario, Colin started playing guitar shortly thereafter, and then so did, like, the whole crew of yeah. you guys really started playing uh, not too long after we moved back, which was sweet, because then yeah. we were all playing together. Yeah, and it's how we kind of met, too, yeah, well, yeah. through through playing music and stuff. Well, yeah. I started playing with, like, Ken and Will, mm -hmm. like, those those guys, and that's how I met Colin and, and then Mike. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just took off from there, but... Yeah, I was actually, um, I brought, uh, Kenny and Will and Mike and, and yourself up, uh, well, I brought you up a couple times, um, on the cast, and, uh, but last, Ooh. not last night, um, sorry, the last episode with Humphrey, uh, which would have been Sunday, which would have come out the week before good old this one, yeah, what a good guy. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a good episode too. It was fucking long. It was like almost three hours. <laughs> you could I could talk to that guy for hours. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Good guitar player too. Yeah, wicked guitar player. Man, yeah. he killed it last night. That doesn't surprise me. Just shredded. I wanted to be there, but I was in the studio. Uh, oh, it was a yeah. good night. There's so many so many good people that play like I know, man. It's it's, and it's more like like I said before, um it's more there's more duos and trios and we're actually we're getting together and getting on the stage i mean you did a song with me a couple times that's right yeah yeah, yeah. which uh, i was pretty thankful for oh wow. kill it made it maybe you could bring anything to a song it just highlighted highlight oh it. well thank you sir i appreciate that very yeah. much um 
Yeah, uh, just just in terms of the the open mic thing that's been happening, um, which I've talked about this quite a few times now, uh, because Diamond was the first guest on the show. Yeah. Um, the community that he's built. Oh yeah. Just since he's crazy. Just since the dog, like I mean, he obviously he first started to establish it at Gabby's, and then it got bigger when it was at um, uh, the Oxford, and then it really blew yeah. up once it got to the red dog yeah. but uh the way that all the performers have been interacting with one another since it's been at the dog oh, has really started to explode it's and a, it's really cool yeah it's a nice little community of people yeah it's, just, it's awesome yeah. no i'm glad that i actually had the courage to go back up in there and yeah and, me uh, too but, man it, it was, i know i hounded you a little I, bit to get but up that's there, but... what i needed I, I, man it was like a year it's been mm. a goddamn year since i played on stage and i was like well i gotta get yeah. back the only way to do it is just you gotta shove yourself yeah and you're too there. you're too good to not play oh. out yeah you know i mean oh. obviously like you can still be a basement shredder or a bedroom shredder but i mean there's you, i you, see very little point in being the greatest player that no one's ever heard you know what i mean yeah well it's and it feels really good to let it out of course it does and, and people get so like i get nervous just like anyone else yeah. before going on to say you and we it never do. goes away yeah. you just learn to cope with it better yeah. but that's, i find that i get a rush from it now like the yeah. nerves just uh, really turned into an adrenaline rush you which work with that, it now yeah and yeah. that started a long time ago when it started to turn into more of like Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, and even with that, it's not even so much like I won't even really get jazzed. Even five minutes before I'm on, it's not until I'm about a minute or two into the first song yeah. that like oh, that euphoria. You, you, yeah, actually, and you like takes you over. relax a bit, and you're a little more you're yeah. more comfortable on stage. But that's what I always say: is you the nerves never go away. But they it change. Fe- it, they change, and then afterwards, when you're done, it feels so good. Mm. Like especially if you're playing one of your own songs, and you get people saying that was a great. Uh, yeah. It's just it's who wrote that? And yeah. you're like, that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, it was like, <laughs> and when you get that kind of, when you get people that appreciate it, it feels a lot better. Oh, of course, always does. I mean, same with covers and stuff. But when it's your own song, sure. it's a different feeling too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to replicate or even to rearrange what someone else has already laid a foundation for. Yeah. But when you are the sole creator of something. Yeah. Or even a, a partial creator. If, yeah. If you've done something in collaboration. Yeah. That feels really Still, good, like, too. Still, like, starting something from nothing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's great. And then when you get a good reaction, that's the best. I mean, a bad reaction kind of stings, but... Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> but everybody's had it. But even like you know, you go to Red Dog or so many supportive people. They're just glad that That's that true. you're up there on stage playing. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. I played lots of open mics where it's just you just hear a lot of talking while you're playing. No one's really paying attention. Yeah, but those people are rude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I've lived in a lot of resort towns, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, mm. but yeah, that that uh. It does feel really good to, to not be a you know a closet guitarist. You get out and yeah. and play your songs and it, get through the nerves and feels so much more. Yeah, it totally. Feels really good afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives you a good sense of accomplishment and, mm-hmm. and that really nice confidence boost and yeah and just I, I can't think of a better word for it than what I already used, which was euphoria. Yeah, you know it that is. just it's such a just that sound. Of, uh, yeah. 
You know, and you, when you get up off the stage, you're almost like, can I get back on? Like, yeah. I almost want to. Well, that's, that's why I keep bringing in my bass, man. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, everybody's man. like, do you want to play bass on the next Dude. tune? I'm like, fuck this to do. Man, I've seen you. You didn't even have your name signed up. You probably <laughs> played with, like, six different people. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. You're the chameleon. Yeah. Blend in with everyone. Yeah. It's great. I like that's that. That's what did fancy college education <laughs> get you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that or just practicing a whole lot in your bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> and having an ear for music, man. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known you for eighteen years. I've seen you progress more than anybody. Yeah, like than anybody else has seen me progress. Yeah, definitely. Like You've I came, like from... when I came back from like when I was living out west and stuff, and I was like, yeah. it was just like boom, Dawson's here. I was just <laughs> like, holy, look at this musician here. Yeah, it's a long way from. Uh... From, from the Pope Drive basement, Pope Drive basement. Yeah. <laughs> which um, I I've I've told a couple of people that's what the podcast is named after. Six four six was the address. Oh no doubt, yeah, Pope Drive. That's yeah, where it all began. Yeah, it is that's where man. it all began. That's back in the higher for a lot of us, which is back in the hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. No, you're right though. That is where it all began. That's for... pretty much where I learned how to play guitar. Yeah. I'm like even in my own bedroom, I'd only played little bits here and there but i was staying at ken wills and then i'm already that far in ennismore i just go to your house yeah and, and man i'd be there three nights in a row sometimes and we're it. still jamming and it's just like why not what else is there to do in ennismore yeah. <laughs> it's well, like that and maybe maybe some n64 yeah it's like oh man my fingers hurt man yeah. we've been playing guitar for like seven hours you want to play some video games maybe make our thumbs hurt instead yeah, yeah we're... <laughs> yes okay Go outside and ride the bikes for a little bit and then yeah. come back in and play some more guitar. It was a good balance. It was mm-hmm. still a childhood. Mm-hmm. We weren't stuck in a basement. No. We got out when we needed to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Setting shit on fire. Yeah. People on fire. It's probably a good thing we had instruments. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I should probably preface that setting people th- on fire thing because uh, anyone that doesn't know is oh. going to think that we're like murderers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No. No. Uh, my cousin Colin accidentally set himself on fire at a party at the uh, Man, I wasn't the there, but at 646. I were you not there? For I wasn't that? there, but man, did I You ever... saw the aftermath though, oh, right? Well, I, I showed up to school and Colin's wrapped up in bandages yeah, and I'm just like, like "Man, what happened?" A lot worse than I than I, I I think I got a text or someone was just like yeah Colin got some burns yeah I was like oh okay and then Jesus wrapped like a mummy yeah it was bad oh. I felt so guilty about that I still do <laughs> oh, I still man. do like I was oh yeah I was the oldest one around because I don't know where Devin was at but he wasn't yeah present and um. I guess I was supposed to be the responsible one <laughs> just by default, and I really fucking dropped the ball. Oh, we and, all have those And times. everything just, pardon the pun, the night went up in smoke. Yeah. Like, it was just bad news. Yeah, that's what happens when you play with fire. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, to change the subject. Yeah, childhood uh, memories. A, <laughs> a question I've been asking everybody, because um, I know like kind of when you started playing but a question that i've been asking everybody was what was the first memory you have of something creative like anything artistic that really jumped out and left a huge impression on you yeah well even if it wasn't music yeah i I know what you mean i think kind of the first thing that wanted me to even pick up a guitar was my half brother had one oh my my mom's side of my family's from newfoundland and Mm. my half brother had a guitar and when I was a kid I always just be playing with it I'd never pick it up and play it I'd just be touching it and right. staring at it all, all the time 
And then when I went back home, we had a new set of neighbors and he had a collection of guitar. I think you might even know who it is. I think his name is Steve Cooper. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you know. Yeah, dude, Coop and I were in a band together in high yeah. school. Uh, that band Shocker. Shocker. We made everybody do the... Yeah. The, <laughs> okay, like, all right. That He was in that? No way. Yeah, yeah, he was the singer. Oh, he was a great singer, too. Yeah, man, really good. Skilled guy. But he had a collection of guitar, and he... It was, he was a combination... A guitar player, too. Really good guitar player. It was a combination between him and you guys and that group of friends that got me into the albums that was probably the good albums to start me off with. Like he, sure. I think the two that I got from him were okay. Computer mm. and lateralis by tool. Fuck. We're yeah, like the man. two bands that I still am stuck with to oh, this day. Dude, I haven't been able to leave that's what tool it, for an extended period no. of time or Radiohead for that matter. Yeah, I, Radiohead. Those are two bands that I always find myself coming back. Yeah. To. And uh, I think when I got those albums and it, a lot of other mm. bands and stuff, but that, listening to that was probably the first thing and i remember moving to this new house and begging my parents for a guitar for so long finally when i and and they were always like you're never gonna play it you're never gonna play it yeah. and then at christmas i got one and i don't think i've been away from it since yeah. was that that black strat is that the first one no or? i got that crappy white barracuda that looked like a strat oh, fuck, yeah that's right. and we just treated it like crap but it was a piece of crap guitar i think my dad bought a bud monahan's or something with a little pv yeah, and start the, sh- the shitty little raptor yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah. yeah. just <laughs> you cranking it 10 overdrive and trying to make some stupid sound out of it but yeah, yeah it that's where it kind of started but i think it was just the sight of electric guitars because there's so many they're gorgeous the, the, the shapes and yeah. it's like cars with people it's yeah. the same thing yeah it's a work of art and there's the vintage cars vintage yeah. guitar like it's all the same they're, they're, they yeah. are very um for for connoisseurs, yeah, it's, it, it really is kind of a lateral, yeah, appreciation, I guess, visually and and from a tactile point of view, yeah, because even know, a, and of course audibly, and but, uh, yeah, but I always feel too when you start playing, even when we were kids, we're always looking at buyers guides, oh yeah, and just being like gearheads, yeah, totally. that kind of thing. Part of it as well was in the earlier buyers guides. I don't know if they still do it because I I just look at shit online now. Yeah. But in the earlier buyers guides, they used to have those really smoking hot chicks and the hot pants yeah. and the halter tops. Oh and yeah, stuff. I always and that you know nothing better than seeing like a 1960s Les Paul held up by just a fucking blonde bombshell. <laughs> your folks are like, what are you doing? Just looking at guitars. I'm just looking at this uh, this Gibson SG. It's got a pair of tits around it. Yeah. But... <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. I think I might need an SG. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I do have an SG. Uh, I had one. Well, <laughs> sorry, addendum. Devin had one that I played all yeah. the time. And now his was an epi, though. But still. I, yeah. And we ended up, or Devin ended up with the SG uh, because of Angus Young. And oh, then, yeah. And that's why we had it. Heavily influenced to, by ACDC. Yeah. yeah. And we used, well, Devin and I used to do the ACDC trivia. I remember so, seeing yeah. that at, like, the Christmas assembly or yeah, something. Back in man. High school, oh, my man. God. Those were fun days. Mm hmm. So, from getting the the white Barracuda Strat knockoff <laughs> to uh, to jamming with with uh, Kenny and Will and Colin and and eventually you guys brought Glenn on as a yeah. keyboarder. Yeah, we had your brother up with us and yeah. and Mike. Yeah, it's Mike, Mike G. Uh, how could I fucking forget Mike, Mike G? G? Mike G just left Ontario's back in BC. You know? I know. I missed him by a day. He texted me oh, the night man. that they all went to Tonic for karaoke. Yeah, I was there. <sighs> 
course. And yeah. he's like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a night where I had to be up for like seven the next day, and mm-hmm. he texted me like twelve at night. And I was like, "Fuck!" So I had to call him. So I'm like, yeah. "Hey, what's going on, man?" Yeah. He's like. We're drunk karaoke. Come hang out with us. And I'm like, oh man, God damn it, I can't. I have to be up in seven hours. I can't. That sucks. I can't go party. And I was so bummed out because I really, I want to have him on the podcast to talk about his. He his would artwork be. A, and shit he would too. be really good to have on a podcast. I fucking think so too, which is why I want to yeah. have him on. Yeah. Um. He's come back. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure I'll see him. Yeah. The next time he's in town, I yeah. better. You hear that, Mike G? Yeah. <laughs> I better. I got some good party time with him. Me and him went up to Montreal for New Year's and oh, nice. And went to the Beehive, the old house that Lane lives in. Yeah. And Is Lane still there? He's still there, but I think he's coming back sometime soon. He's talking oh. about it, so yeah. It's always a good party. It's a different aspect of music, too, even, because yeah. it's more DJ and electronic yeah, yeah. music, but it's still... Yeah, it's all that... Um... There's still some skill involved in some... Yeah. some the, the lighting show, for sure. Sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's amazing what those well, guys do. And there's a big difference, too, I think, um, that needs to be distinguished in electronic music between a space bar jockey and yeah. somebody that actually is actively programming their own beats and stuff. That's which, right. I mean, I don't, not to sound like a dick, but I, get I, that, though. I spent a summer just to see if I could do it, and I wrote like 30 songs yeah. in about a week electronically, and I'm like, this is a fucking joke. I used to do a lot of hip-hop. But now, to, like be fair, too, but yeah. to be fair, though, it was all really super stock, but just to see if I could do it as an exercise. Dip and I was like, it. Yeah, yeah, just to dip the toe in, and I mean, none of it was very good, but yeah. it was just so fast, and I'm like, wow, this is yeah. insanely easy, and I mean, now, if I really delve deep into it i'm sure i would find it's yeah that there, that there's a lot more to it than the production what was... of it's really fast and stuff but yeah. i there it like a, it's hard for me like it's weird like I, i've even i just went to shambala twice and that's like yeah. a huge electronic sure. and that's where i kind of started listening to all these new and i mean yeah beat matching when someone's just matching tempos and switching song to song that's not too much at all yeah. you know like if you're doing that that's just being like a well, anybody, birthday jockey yeah anybody could do that if you've yeah. got like a fucking uh, tap tempo app yeah, but, on your yeah. phone but going to some of these shows i mean they do <clears throat> it's different being an electronic musician in a yeah. instrument like electronic it's like who's got the new sound who's gonna yeah, put out the new sure. sound electron or if you're playing musical instruments i feel like you're telling a story and it's more i agree but you can find new sounds i'll, I'll... oh yeah there's a lot I, of. <laughs> I have found some pretty crazy fucking sounds. Um, shit, man. I, I, yeah. um, I was when I had Bob and Ariel on the first time, um, talking about their podcast and stuff. I scored a, a short film for Bob one time, and um, I was pretty hard fast against using synthesizers and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of the shit sounds like synth that I produced, and ninety percent of it is done with guitars. Yeah. And just because I was like, no. There's there's a few um, really good musicians that, that I've heard. Where I'm like, what is that? that yeah. Well, shit, Tom Morello is a great example. I was going to say, Tom Morello is like yeah. my, one of my biggest influences with electric. Yeah. And that's somebody who will tell you that you can make any sound you want. Yeah. You sure can. You sure <laughs> yeah. Can. Don't try and stop him from creating something new. Yeah. Well, that'd be like a challenge. Yeah. If you, if he'll, you told him. He'll, he'll be like, yeah, watch this motherfucker. Yeah. I've, I've always been attached to guitarists that have weird sounds like oh, incubus yeah. and yeah, and rage man. against the machine these guys used heavy sets of pedals and yeah, huge yeah. pedal boards and 
Yeah, I've always just been like ingenious at it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's, it's a, not like the, it's not a crutch. It's like it's a controlled a, mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a controlled mess of sounds. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard to make. You can't just turn everything on and make something wicked. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. If you turn everything on, you make mud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot. Of, I know when I started doing that, I was like, "There's too much feedback. There's all these weird sounds." It's like because you're you're not adjusting things right. Yeah. Just cranking everything all the way up to 11. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if you need that extra push over the cliff. Yes. Um, yeah, we make, I mean, by we, I mean just about anybody that comes on. There's almost every single time there's a Spinal Tap joke. So, got to keep that on running <laughs> yeah. theme. Um, okay, sorry. That was a weird uh, <laughs> twist. What I was starting to get at was, uh, how long were you playing for before? Because Odious was your first band, wasn't it? Yeah, we, man, I... I couldn't even tell you when that started. Probably grade six or something. Great. I don't know. We started like a, there was a talent show. Yeah. There was a talent show that we had for our class. And then they were like, oh, you guys are going to play a song. Well, we'll put you in the gym. And that turned that's into the whole school. Right. And the whole school that's came right. in. Yeah. And that's kind of where we started grade six. And then probably when we finished high school. I mean, we were. Yeah. Because I, I kind of bugged off at West. But yeah, I was in Odious for quite a bit, man. Grade six to grade eight. Or grade, not grade 8, grade 12. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, grade 12, and, but yeah. Yeah, and you guys wrote some really cool stuff, and you we, covered some really good tunes, Oh, we too. had a lot of covers, but man, our written stuff was awesome. Like, yeah. I still have some of the old, like, we had a day at Trent Radio. Yeah. Like, a, a long, I remember, man, that was a long time ago. We did an acoustic show for them, and I still have that CD on my wall, even, and I, I listened to it, and some of the songs, I'm just like, you know what? That was a keeper. Solaris. So that was the one. I don't have any recording of that song. Really, man, I, did we beat the crap out of that song? Yeah, like, it was our. You yeah. played that motherfucker into the ground. We, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kept feeling like I was. We were trying to rip off some like Dream Theater, Home, or like Forty Six and Two Tool kind of. I was just gonna say it was like Dream Theater meets Tool. Yeah, which was pretty wicked to hear fucking high schoolers playing. I, that, yeah, we were so into progressive rock, like mm. like Tool, Perk Circle dredge yeah all these. i know well i think a lot of that came from getting stoned in the basement yeah and listening to those definitely. records and then trying to recreate that kind yeah. of stuff and then trying to kind of twist it in a way that couldn't be labeled as we definitely tried to follow sounds but no <laughs> yeah, some totally. of the songs like it, it doesn't matter we were just kind of having fun and yeah. then all of a sudden a song you get a song you're like holy shit yeah let's do another one yeah, yeah. it just yeah. comes out of a really and cool i don't know how many jam. we had we probably had a good Almost ten songs. I don't maybe not ten, but somewhere around. It was getting close to that, yeah, and they we, were long too. Like, yeah. So, like when Joey's saying they had ten songs, he's not saying they had like three minute or two and a half minute pop do ups. These were all like six, seven minute fucking yeah. epics. Most of them. Yeah. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. I don't think you guys had a single song that was under four minutes. Probably not, and I think that's because of all of our influences. They. They had longer songs. Yeah. And when we were in a band, that was, the big thing was pop songs and like not, not necessarily one-hit wonders, but the alternative yeah. radio-friendly songs came out, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, we tried to break from that. Yeah. And definitely keep up with guitar solos because I think bands need to keep doing guitar solos. Of course they do. Uh, and just any kind of high-end performance Mm-hmm. Of, of any instrument I think is important yeah. whether people catch it or not and that's yeah. something that I'm actually a yeah. really big fan of is sneaking the tricky past somebody yeah like if you can play something that's incredibly technical and people don't notice it yeah 
That's fucking cool. It's like you're playing like a cool calm at your top of stability yeah. kind of thing. But it, yeah, it's 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 crazy when you see like a, a really good musician and he's just shredding and it and it looks like he's just breathing and you're just yeah. like wow like yeah. that's why I, I listen to like all the really good blues guitarists because they make everything look so easy. Yeah, it's not. And <laughs> and if and you can feel that very organic and it's really flowing and there isn't like a lot of stress involved yeah with with what they're doing it's, yeah it's all passion yeah it's coming from something else rather than yeah 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 which is i love that kind of shit man. yeah like, the blues really well i mean if you think about it the blues is what kicked off rock and roll it's what kicked off yeah. heavy metal it's what kicked yeah. off all these amazing styles that People kind oh. of forget, and the the cool thing is too is if, especially now with YouTube and all that kind of stuff, you can actually go and not just YouTube, but the internet in yeah. general. You can actually go back and you can trace this shit as far back oh, yeah. as there are recordings oh, for. It's crazy, and it's one thing that is really nice too is you can kind of. Uh, this might sound douchey, but you can kind of catch somebody if you know they're talking shit about something. You can be like, well. Actually, yeah, you know, you can reference this, you know, reference and, back to them, and yeah, and you go well, the, the, you know, and uh, one thing that I, and don't get me wrong, I, I totally appreciate what Elvis did for bringing rock and roll kind of into the mainstream, yeah. making it appropriate for, uh, for white audiences back when like the music scene was still like really yeah. heavily segregated. <laughs> yeah, right. Of I give course. him props for that, but at the same time, like. The majority of the world thinks he wrote fucking Hound Dog. Yeah, he that's didn't true. write that shit. Yeah, that was Big Mama Thornton. Yeah, you know? and, and, yeah. People need. You almost have to go back into history to know yeah. these things. And yeah, a lot of people don't know those little tiny quips and music. Yeah, but. and I, th- I feel like history is so important. Too. Oh yeah. And now that being said, it's impossible to know everything. It is. Like you. you but, however, can't. if you want to be a good musician, like I do, I do research mm-hmm. a lot of musicians and what they do and their their livelihood and all that kind of thing like if mm. you're like you were just saying you can trace back so far now with the internet like i was looking at robert johnson oh uh, yeah way back, brother. like way back and yeah, that's why like because i listen to eric Clapton all the time and his favorite guitarist was robert johnson yeah. well so, obviously yeah crossroads blues yeah right? he did the whole album but yeah but uh yeah that's and then you start mm. looking and there's so much that people don't know about music back then yeah well it was it was hard to get your hands on that kind of oh, stuff yeah. too because record players were so expensive yeah. and and scarce, you know. You had to. You, yeah. It was rich people that owned that mm-hmm. shit. So, in order to get access to it, you had to have, be a person of means. Yeah. So, and it was heavily segregated. I mean, like, even like because with Elvis and them, and like that was still just before that's like big band and yeah. things like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it's it's really too bad because a lot of those pioneers of basically what we consider rock and roll today most of the people that are in the genre don't even know where it came from no and the people that spawned it like like buddy guy who luckily is still alive or howlin wolf or muddy waters or um willie dixon or all those cats like a lot of those people bb king yeah. yeah um like a lot of those people were super broke forever oh yeah and died that way a lot of them oh yeah you know and it's a tragedy and died unknown to yeah. to to an extent which is a diamond in the rough and yeah. and they and they go unknown but oh yeah you see that all the time and it's well in the, like back then there wasn't like 
cameras or everything was segregated. There's so many yeah. factors going against them. Oh, yeah, totally. But they lived and breathed music. Yeah, that yeah. and you can you, hear it when you, you do yeah, get your hands you know, on those records. They have such a feeling and an ear for music because that's all they, that's all they had. Mm-hmm. You could tell it's all they had. And that's when true, like, honest, true music Yeah. that, you know... A lot, like I always listen to a lot of radio hits now, and you know, I was like, "Well, did they do that to just cop out, or did yeah. they really live that?" You know, yeah. do they believe what they're saying? Yeah. How many How many writing credits are on the back of this? You know. <laughs> yeah. Track, exactly. Or, you know, yeah. like there's like a whole fucking team that wrote this one yeah. song. It's like, well, there's no way, and the and the actual performer's name isn't anywhere on. Yeah, it. You're exactly. Like, there's no way you believe what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It's kind of a bummer. Although I really do think that there has been, there, I mean, there's always been the underground and the in the indie, scene. yeah, and the alt scene, right? Yeah, They're like eh, fuck pop. Yeah, which I mean, to an extent though, that's you, you can't blanket statement shit that way because, I mean, look at Bruno Mars. Well, that that dude's a pound, and he's he's, he's, he's so crazy, good. crazy good. Yeah, so good. Well, that's what in the and I was watching a. Talking to, I was actually talking to Humphrey the other day about this. As I was watching a John Mayer clinic. Oh yeah, and the one at Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that clinic, he mentions, he's like, "There's nothing wrong with a pop star. Pop just means popular." Yes. And when exactly. he said that, I was like, "Boom! That's what we needed to hear." Yeah. That's exactly. Well, shit. Back in the day, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, you know, all that that was pop. Popular at yeah. one time. It's all pop yeah, because that's all it meant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and now pop stars become like a different term. Yeah, and you, you just uh, when I hear pop star now, it's just like Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, yeah. that kind of stuff. Stuff but, that kind of makes you go. Eh. Yeah, I mean, there's there's paths for every musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and taste is incredibly subjective. But I think there's you know there's something to be said for leaving the auto tune alone. Yes, and for doing as much <laughs> as you possibly can I live love, off the floor. Love natural music. Right, all the bands that I I know there's yeah. a lot of bands that I hear like even I just read Scar Tissue and right they re- Red Out Sleepers records live yeah the way that they record and yeah. they give and they give themselves I think if I'm not mistaken you could probably easily correct me if you just finished reading the yeah. book they give themselves three takes don't they something like that it yeah. it is it they they have a really weird routine and like Foo Fighters that's yeah. another band very natural yeah like I love bands who do like either live recordings or just don't pretty it up just. Yeah. Play it. Yeah. Just if you have it written, play it. Yep. It's gonna be good if you You know what was really sweet actually just speaking of uh Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl, them crooked vultures. Oh man. There's what an awesome record. But man. if you listen to it really, really carefully in headphones, there are tiny yeah. imperfections. But that's what's I so great about it because it's so I honest. Those. I love that. Yeah. There's a lot of Can- real. I find a lot of Canadian artists do that. Yeah. A lot of them. And then like even the Canadian hip hop scene. Because mm-hmm. I started getting into that when I lived in Whistler a lot. Like I got DL Incognito and Classified and maybe not classified so much, but there's some old old and like it's still a hip hop beat and you mm. think it'd be perfect but you can hear little imperfections in that and even even Canadian contemporary music you can hear little like live studio things and you're yeah. like oh I like, like that oh wow that was that that one little line there on that sax was maybe a little bit more breathy than yeah. if he'd you know done 10 more takes of yeah. it or whatever or if it, like that person was a little bit flat there but it, it gave it personality yeah. it was like you can tell he was he was struggling. Yeah, yeah. He had to work for it, and yeah. he didn't just plug in a MIDI board. Yeah, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah, unless you're Freddie Mercury. 
and, yeah. and, and, that then, voice and then you is die ridiculous. insanely young. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, I don't want to mess this up, but um, I guess quite recently, uh, Brian May is doing something with NASA right now. Because I don't know if he, you knew this, he but is he's an, an astro- astrophysicist. He's an, a- an astrophysicist. Uh, well, my parents own the restaurant Sipping Dead. We have a cook with me, and he read his book oh, and he cool. told me all this crazy stuff about brian may the guy is a genius yeah oh, i had no idea yeah i was just like holy shit yeah it's like brian may is an astrophysicist really yeah. and i was like what would you rather do brian do you want to be <laughs> one of the greatest rock gods of all time or do you want to study the stars well mummy i'll do both you know it's like <laughs> yeah. jesus what the fuck okay like Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Way, way to make us all look bad, Brian. Yeah. Don't you feel lazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, like, I sure do. I was on the couch not long ago. Um, I was like, maybe I should do something in my life. <laughs> Damn you, Brian May. <laughs> I know, right? Jesus. It's like watching that that dude without arms shred the guitar with his yeah. feet. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's like... <sighs> makes like, me go like, fuck, I suck. Everything you worry about is so small. I know. Like that, that dude's like ripping the ass out of a David Gilmore solo and it sounds amazing and he's playing with his That's, toes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe oh. maybe I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> and that's the man I've been surprised by especially acoustic guitarists every week. I feel like every week there's somebody new coming out with something just ridiculous. Yeah. Like if I even if you want to go to like Candy Rat Records with Andy McKee and all those guys like go on that record label website and every week they do updates and there's these kids that are just and even a few times i went to the canadian guitar festival in kingston yeah that's the one that dan Aykroyd. dan Aykroyd's property yeah Yeah. um but holy shit and i like i went there a couple times just because a bunch of a few of my favorite guitarists were there and i was like i have to see these guys play Uh, who were they uh i saw gareth pearson don Ross and Antoine Dufour. Okay, I've heard you talk about them before, but I those can never three, remember these guys. Those names. three were like the first I kind of started listening to, and and uh, and I seen I've seen a couple people getting up and walking away from Gareth Pearson, like just get, gonna go like take a break, and I'm like, what are these people get? Out? And they're like, oh, this, this kid's on. I don't know who he is. I'm like, stay here and watch this guy play. Yeah. And that's the guy who's doing Billy Jean, and he does the oh yeah, moonwalk moon walk. while he's playing. I'm just like, these guys turn around, they're like. Oh my god! And I was like, "Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean." These kids are fucking Sit the crazy, fuck back man. Down. <laughs> yeah, they're insane. Every year, there's some new kid, and he's gonna blow you away. And it's just like, why am I even trying to learn more? <laughs> like, so you can do that shit. Yeah, that's exactly why it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, it does. Well, at least for me, that kind of stuff. Maybe not necessarily extreme acoustic, because I just yeah. I've never really gone down that rabbit hole. Um, but Anything that I find that really melts my brain and almost makes me question why I'm doing it at the same time, like for, there will be a couple of seconds of, holy shit, I should just quit. But then that other part of the brain that kicks in goes, yeah, they're human. You can do it. Yeah. Too. And it's like, and I then need it becomes to, a quest. I need to go practice. That's yeah. what I always say. I need to go back Get in the bedroom and, and start. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, even if it's as simple as just doing the things you've always known, but even just like, I always look up their tabs. It's so hard to read their music yeah because i'm not very i'm not technical with theory i don't know much about theory i just play what i feel yeah but learn you it got like, good ears though man well that's what well, i don't i couldn't even tell you how i started playing that stuff like there, there's a couple times at the open mic i'll play gareth pearson songs and like 
I won't have it down, but I know that I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding, man. Like, some of those songs took, like, six months to a year to yeah. actually get down. Dude, I've been working... There's a couple of... And I'll... Um, until I've got it to a point where I'm satisfied, yeah, I will never perform these tunes in front of people. But I've been working on some Jacko Pistorius for oh, yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I'm not even going to say the names of the songs because <laughs> I don't want anyone to come up and ask me to to show <laughs> to, them what yeah. I've got so far. But there, there are a handful of Jacko tunes that I've been working on since yeah. my first year of college. Yeah. See, like. Then- and the f- and they're still not ready. And these guys wrote it. They're, yeah, they write it and perform it every day. And yeah. it, it's well, Jacko's dead, so well, no, he's not. But but I mean, like the people that that write. I I know. Sorry, I was like, just being shitty. <laughs> but uh, like even um, what's it? Okay, yeah. Like a ba- I just I just watched a metal band not long ago, uh, called Protest the Hero, and they oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're like just little shredders, right? Yeah. From Whitby too, and uh, I started list- like trying to learn their stuff and. I haven't gotten into metal in a while. I love it. That's that math metal shit too. Yeah, it's that's no joke. It's very intricate, but yeah, in a big way. I would spend like four or five hours learning a, a thirteen second intro, yep. and just getting it down. And I'm just like, how do these guys touring over 170 plus days a year playing this gets easier and easier as you go? But it's like, how did you? I want to know how you wrote that. Like, what did you sit down and think of or start doing? Yeah, and, yeah maybe, of, but. Of, Here's a here's a question to maybe ask yourself too: Is would they be able to play one of those acoustic tunes that you've written? Maybe not. Well, and they might go, "Holy shit! How do you fucking do that?" It's going into another world. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, it's the yeah, same thing that's as what, when you're going that, into the metal. That's what though, I mean. Right? Yeah, it takes me so long to learn. It's because I yeah, you're not brushing up on it every yeah. day. If but, that uh, it's it, I had this conversation with uh, with Shy Pier, who's a phenomenal pianist, uh, mm-hmm. or I just like saying that word, piano yeah. player. Pianist. Uh, he uh, he teaches keys at um, at Long and McQuaid, and um, we were talking about just being a master of a specific genre. Yeah. And to be a master of it is like a lifetime pursuit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's. And th- that's almost like if I was to go like a professional musician, I would love to be the guy that could dabble in everything because that's mainly what. I think a lot of us, our group of friends, is that we're like, we'll listen to anything. Yeah, like, very much it, so. you, you, No one can come up to you and ask, hey, what's on your iPod? Or your, what, what do you have on your playlist? And it's like, man... Well, this week, you mean? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't want the wide variety of what I have on, I couldn't even explain it. Yeah. So, like, if it's I... It's confusing to some people, I think, when yeah, they look yeah. at it. It's like, here's the country section, here's the metal section, here's the jazz yeah, section, here's you, the pop section, here's the You go into sub-genres. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, man, that's like electronics. There's so many sub-genres. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to hear your music, you know? Like, <laughs> Why did you go label it, man? Yeah. Why can't you just play? Yeah. Which is, it's funny, too, because um, for the longest time, and I, I still say this a lot, um, for if people ask about Broken Harmony or, or any of my solo work... What do you play? Rock and roll. Yeah. Well, yeah, but what kind of rock? Yeah. I play rock. You know, because that covers... That's a broad enough brush stroke yeah. nowadays. And it's easier to answer that yeah. way. You can't just... I play rock and roll. You know, it's, it's it's what Neil Fallon from Clutch says. And I was like, that's fucking genius. I play rock and roll. I play rock and roll. I rock it. Yeah. I rock the fuck out. But, yeah, yeah the, there's no point... Like, when you say, oh, well, I got into, like, that experimental slash psychedelic progressive kind of rock and you're just like well man you're just splitting hairs now let's yeah. just let's just call it rock why don't you just play something for me <laughs> yeah and, and i'll tell you what it sounds like to me yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then vice versa, we'll, we'll just trade. I'll, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to listen to any kind of music. But Yeah. So long as it's got a good performance on it, yeah. I don't care what genre. Yeah. Really. Like, if it's played well. Yeah. This is this is the one thing where I think I get hung up with the electronic thing, is um, I find it... Now, also, this is my also very limited experience with, with electronic music. Yeah. Uh, because the bulk of what I have heard is kind of soulless. And I think it's because it's generated by a machine. Yeah. As opposed to coming from... Even if you've got a bunch of emotion attached to what you're putting into this... But you're putting it through an artificial filter. It's like a less dynamic kind of... Very much so. And it's it kind of strips this stuff away. And it was funny because I, um, I had this conversation with a dude when we were out west uh, visiting the family. And uh, there was this tune that came on. And the guitar part was great because it was real. And, but there was an electronic drum uh, track behind yeah. it. And the guy's like, well, what about this? This is an electronic song. I said, no, the drums are electronic yeah. and they sound like shit. Yeah. The guitar is real and it sounds fucking awesome. It's organic. Yeah. You can tell. And also the dude that laid the guitar track was a really good guitar yeah. player. So that helped a lot. But mixing but, the two, like a, yeah, like, I mean, like to a me, Pro Tools drum set to like, yeah, to me, it sounded like a placeholder. Like this is, yeah. a, it sounded like a guitarist made a demo. And yeah. just couldn't find yeah, a band exactly. to back him up. Is that, honestly, and yeah. I, maybe that sounds uh, uninformed. I'm not sure. Or I needed a filler or something. You yeah. Know, oh, I just meant like like coming from an uninformed person. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it sounds like maybe a shitty thing to say. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't. Uh, when it comes to electronic music, I I would be willing to concede that I really don't know that much about it. But to me, it just didn't sound like nearly as good as it would have. There was a real drummer. Yeah, playing I know what on you mean. it, and especially. Especially for something like that, like you can't cheap out on a drummer. No, like there, no. like there are very few things in and this world that are better than a real drummer. Yeah, you know? a good one. Well, it's I, I yeah I I do listen to a lot of electronic music for there's a feel to it. There's always sure. a feel to it, but there's no like I said before, there's no real dynamic. Yeah, it's really hard to to get in that gray area because it there are some electronic musicians I guess you could say that are like a DJ and they do have a drummer yeah that's a bit different but there's still the backing track is still like a perfectly like just no no there's no variation there's no improvisation there's there's nothing now I will say this though those those cats that like actually scratch on turntables oh vinyl yeah I I love vinyl DJs mm -hmm. that's yeah I love to do that like the guys that uh, they used to scratch for Groups like Sugar Hill Gang, or mm. or the dude that scratched for um, um, Lincoln Park, which I'm not a huge fan of that band, but yeah, the the DJ for that band that was scratching for them was really good, and same with the DJ for Incubus. Yeah, DJ Kilmore. Like, yes. Yeah. Like that guy's, you know, those guys, those are legit musicians. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there, there's a very big difference between that guy and somebody. It, in my mind, that's where I'm probably pissing off why, so many people yeah, saying this gonna, right now. But you know what? That's but, why I love golden era hip hop. Like, yeah, not yeah, old nineties hip hop. Yeah, there's a band behind like him. DJ Premier, all that old school stuff. He had vinyl and he was scrap, and you could, and that had feeling to it. And I get, I, yeah. I'm very down with anybody that loves hip hop has to love your old school classical, any anything in the nineties. You know, 
Yeah. And then some R&B. of the older shit too. Like I mean, like even before it was guys just just scratching records. But like I, I mentioned them already because I fucking who doesn't love the Sugar Hill Gang? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually had they had a bass player, they had a drummer, yeah. and then they had their they had a guitarist, they had multiple MCs, yeah. they had the they had a piano player. Like they had, they were a fucking yeah. band. They just happened to use rap vocals. Yeah, you know that's and. That's what I love about... That's the old school hip-hop. Music. Yeah. That's what man. I love the most. Like, I even... The other night I was watching... Uh, what was it? Uh, Dave, Chill, uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Oh, and he yeah! Had, like, he had, like, the Fugees on a reunion. Yeah. And Talib Kweli. And there were drummers, bassists, guitar, and, like, keyboards, and real musicians, yeah. backup vocalists. And it was still... And it sounded just like their hip-hop songs, but it it was just... When it's live, there's such an energy. Yeah. Another it's dimension. So di- Cypress Hill used to do that shit, too. Yeah. Cypress Hill did do that a lot. But they were more into, like, the gangster rap. Well, uh, kind of. A little. They've, still hip-hop to me. Yeah. But, they yeah. were all about the chronic. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know that. <laughs> Which is great. And, yeah, I mean, even... You know, and, and like... I know that some of that stuff was, uh, like, captured, like, one round. Like, uh, Snoop would use samples and stuff. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because it was, a ri- you know... It when was, it was new, too. Yeah, when it was a new thing to do. And also when it was actually, like, a, a real musician was captured. And then, okay, it's looped. But at least the initial performance You're, was real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, I do have a problem when somebody samples something and claims it as their own because yeah. it's like you didn't play it you didn't write it you had fucking it's nothing to do with it yeah you're, yeah you're a thief you're a shitty you know. person if you plagiarize i on purpose on purpose if you're doing it yeah like there's i um oh now i can't remember what the name of it is it's this weird uh psychological thing there's studies being done about it where you hear something and you kind of forgot that you've heard it, and it sits in the back of your psyche. I and actually then, just watched something like that too. Yeah, and uh, and it's it, an accidental imitation yeah. of what you've kind of heard before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God damn, I wish I could remember what it's called. Um, anyway, some crazy scientific word. Yeah, and um, and the guy made the the distinction between you know almost everybody's a plagiarist, but there's plagiarists, and then there's fucking plagiarist yes you know yeah. I, was like, I thought that was so funny i'm like yeah. yeah all right cool and he was using it within the the context of uh joke theft like i was with, with that's comedians. what i was watching oh, earlier we were probably watching we were the probably same watching thing it was uh, where he's talking about, about comedy um, and how like uh like mencia yes. and dane cook on on louis, louis ck, CK and, and mencia ripping up well fucking everybody but the example <laughs> that he used specifically was what, bill cosby's bill Co- bit about football yeah yeah, yeah we yeah. watched the same thing right on yeah um but yeah so you know I, f- I find that kind of stuff happens sometimes like i've i've totally written something yeah and then show and been so excited and shown and like a friend anybody or or uh one of my siblings and they go oh cool you did yeah, and like name the song. Oh, son of a bitch, I did too. You're like, all right, back to the dry, you know, or you reharmonize it and you change the yeah, groove and, and you do like everything you can. By that time, to... you've overthought everything. Yeah, and, and, and now it's and now it's ruined. It. Yeah, there's no but, soul left. <laughs> but you just everybody's you gotta take everything you listen to in music. You take it in. You're, oh, you're yeah, learning yeah. something for that's like the finger style stuff. I would have known how to do like tap harmonics or yeah. or things like that if I didn't see them doing it. And I I will rip off little tricks that they have, but you just mm. it's putting it in your own words kind of thing. Yeah, you know what's funny about tap harmonics is um it was actually 
tool that taught me how to do that because the intro of Stink Fist. Yeah. Is um, I still don't know how to do that. My band played it all the time. I'll show you oh, how. Yes, play it all I'll, the time. I'll show you how at the end of okay, this. Uh, it's actually done <laughs> on the bass. Well, fuck. Hang on. <laughs> I have a bass right here. I just gotta go to drop B. Hang on. It's got the Fender acoustic bass rolling here. Now, hopefully, now that I've been talking, is it, about is this it gonna is it gonna up. work on it? Nope. It should. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Yeah. Or is it on the second? It might be on the second. Yeah. That one. Yeah, because it's E to D. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, exactly. In... Yeah, that's it. Like that's a, in, in... that's all it is. And you know what the, Easy the difference between you know when you're like you kind of start playing guitar and you don't know full songs, you just know riffs. Yeah, and you totally, just man. you almost like wish you're just like, can I just get this song down? And so, and I always found when I was younger, it was these little tiny tricks that they don't tell you. Yeah. And then when you find it out, you go, I got a whole song. Yeah. That's it. Boom. I got it. Yeah. And you feel so much better. Yeah. Um, I was stuck on an it's Antoine like, Dufour song for. It's almost like flossing a big, nasty yeah. chunk of meat out. Yeah. <laughs> that you couldn't reach. And then you find out what the issue is and you get it out. And, yeah. Big like, bam. Sorry. I was, I was stuck on an Antoine Dufour song for like a year and a half, two years. And I had the whole song down perfectly. I just couldn't play it in front of people because of one part. And it's like the climax bridge kind of part. And I, for so long, I was like, well, I'm not going to play it in front of anyone because I can't get this one part down. I can't butcher it. I don't want to. And then I found out that he was actually hitting harmonics with plucking them with his left hand too. Like pulling off and plucking harmonics. Uh-huh. And I so was he like was he like putting the uh, another like, finger out front and then pulling the pinky would it? be on the harmonic ah, and, okay. then and then he pulled yeah 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 and, and he's just with that little I found that out with someone's someone's tutorial on YouTube and he was playing he's like see I was stuck on it and then I found this and I was just like you know what and I went back to my guitar and I played it and I was like that's the fucking secret of the whole song and that's and I played it at at once I think I played it once at the Red Dog but yeah ah oh, shit I. Was I there? No. Probably not. No. But Fuck. See, that's the only thing is Tuesday's like... The, like the I, night that you... It's a night that's really tricky for me because like, especially now with all the fucking studio work I've been doing lately, yeah. like I keep getting called in for jobs and I'm like, which is great because, yeah. you know, I, I, I like playing on other people's records every once in a while and I sure as shit like the money. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll come play on when? Tuesday. All right. Yeah, you know, no, I'm I'm not gonna say no because you, True, you know, it, you can't you you're can't still turn doing jo- music. That's yeah, the thing. <laughs> well, totally. But I mean, it's you know, and uh, before I started getting all these session jobs, I was I was having a blast going out to the open mic every Tuesday, yeah. and now it just doesn't uh, it doesn't always coincide properly. Yeah. Like it's been like the last like three in a row. True, I think I've had session jobs. Yeah. on Tuesdays. But it's like you know. fuck. Alright. Oh well. I like I like the fact that you've you've dedicated all your time to music though. That's hard to, you've gotta admit, that's hard to do. Especially it, in it, a town like Peterborough. It's scary to do. It's very Initially, scary to do. I don't know how I hard really it is. Ad- well I shouldn't say I don't know how hard it is, because I do. Um I've been doesn't happen overnight. I, no, no, <laughs> fuck. Well I started playing when I was eleven. That's what and I mean. I'm thirty one and yeah. I've been sustaining my income solely on music for 
a year. That wasn't a real fart. That was just my mouth. Uh, it was. I'll, I, can, I can prove that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll vouch for me. Um, uh, maybe a year and a half. I've been totally yeah, sustained and that, via music that for a That just shows people. Like it, When I was young, it was almost like that dream you're trying to catch. Yeah. And you think it's like a big break. But man, the, the, your favorite musicians, I guarantee you, are the hardest workers. Um, and it's not an overnight thing. No. Well, and you know what? I probably could have made a go at it sooner. And actually been as successful at it as I am now, but I was afraid to do it. Yeah. Because I... Taking risks like, and... almost my whole life, I've had people telling me, well, you need a fallback plan. You need something to subsidize. That's what you I... Need, yeah. That's... You, you can't... You just... Well, you don't make a living just in music. Well, bullshit. Ever since I left all my shitty jobs to subsidize my hobby, yeah. I've made... Not only have I been way happier, but I've made more money than I've ever made in my That's entire amazing. life. That's... Like... Now... That being said, on average, I work about 75 hours a week. Yeah, see. Maybe 80. You have to be a hard worker either way. Yeah, like there's a reason I look like shit because I'm (laughs) fucking exhausted all the time. I think you look great today. Well, thank you, sir. (laughs) But I mean, no, I mean, there's a reason that there are permanent bags under my eyes. It's because I'm tired. You work hours. Yeah, you know, I'm usually... I'm usually working till about two o'clock in the morning, yeah. and then I'm usually up at about usually seven, and then um, I'm usually working yeah. by about nine, and then you know usually uh, yeah with obvious breaks in between. Yeah, but an average day is about nine a.m. to two a.m. Yeah, and that's six days a week. Yeah, so and that's, that's a long fucking time, and that's what it takes to yeah. to. to to do what you want to do. I that's what I kind of what everybody always is searching for, but the if you're into arts, yeah. Like painting or writing or or music like any discipline. I always envy anybody who can sustainably live their life on income through their art. That's such a yeah. hard task. Yeah. Well, now also that being said, when times were super thin, Amber really picked up the slack and I would not have been able to do it alone. Yeah. And she has supported me That's, the whole way. And we've yeah. been together since I was 18 and she was 17. And she has never once been like, fuck you, get a real job. It's a level of trust. Like, yeah. A huge level of when trust. When I finally walked away from my last quote unquote real job, um, I walked out in the middle of a shift. Because <laughs> I was in a rage. You were done. I was done. <laughs> you were um, done with it. And uh, well, I was being treated like shit. So I was like, fuck this. And I, I just left. And the whole walk home, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I just quit my job and now I have to you tell. You weren't thinking about the walk home Now at all. <laughs> I have to tell my, my fucking new wife. Yeah. I mean, granted, we've been together forever, but we'd only been married. Yeah. Like a year and a half, maybe two years at this point. Oh, man. And I was like, <laughs> I have to go home and tell my new bride that I just quit my job. <laughs> I'm dead meat. And I got home. She's like, wow, you're home really early. I was like, I just quit. She's like, good. Yeah. Good. You were a miserable prick. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, I think you'll be much happier, which will make you much easier to live with. That's, that's standing up for what you wanted to do. And yeah. if that's what you wanted to do, I don't, I don't think I've ever done that. Like walked right out of a job. It's the only time I've ever done it. And oh. I got it. I got to tell you, it felt really good. It, that's <laughs> Well, if you're stuck in a spot where you just don't want to be, a lot of I always hear this. A lot of people say they're stuck. They're stuck, and like, you're, 
really in retrospect you're never mm-hmm. stuck you can walk out of yeah. anything you can change you'll have some scars yeah totally it's hard it's not an easy it's fucking lifestyle scary. changes are, are pretty hard to do like i'm mm. probably i'm coming up to one pretty soon i'm gonna be traveling and yeah where are you going joey oh i'm, I'm moving to australia fuck yeah australia, mate. yeah i'm going to australia now you've been there before yes now I, have. Uh, I was talking about you the other uh well i guess it's a few podcasts back now um i had said that you'd been to australia before and i thought you'd been maybe to new zealand have you? I don't know. I, I lived in New Zealand. Okay, I, I, thought, I got oh, okay. I got a visa and I I, I worked there for a okay, bit. Okay, that's right. I, I did some train park work for Coronet mm. Peak. Yeah, you've been all over the whole like fucking planet almost. Really? Yeah, I've I've been around. I I I've been bit with the travel bug, but I haven't lived that life. Right. Because you spent some time in Asia too. Uh yeah. You? Uh, the way it started was, well, I moved to New, I moved to Whistler, BC when I was 17 or 18, like right after high school, I just drove straight out yeah, there. I was going to say, I, think I missed were, my graduation. You were like 18, weren't you? Yeah, I was really young and, and I just, I, my sister lived there and, and I loved snowboarding. Like that's my biggest passions are always music and snowboarding. You have some really, really sick snowboard videos that people should definitely check out. Oh, they're, they're decent. I have a lot of friends that, that helped along the way. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, that's, I was so into snowboarding and if that, if my sister was like, if that's what you love to do, then come out here. And I was like, yeah, oh, well, that's yeah. the place to do it. And it was going to be one season turned into six. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. That, that resort town bubble just sucked me right in. Yeah. And it was a lot of partying and a lot of snowboarding and all that kind of stuff. And that's where it started because when you go to Whistler, it's like a lot of it's Australians yeah. and people from all over the world live in this little town. So when you meet all these travelers and I, and I decided to move, it's like, Oh, maybe one day you should come out here. And it's like, oh, maybe I will. And then I moved home and I had a series of friends that were moving to New Zealand. And I, I, I happen to know I'm blessed in that area that I know people from all over the world. So I, I started uh, contacting people and saying, well, I'm going to get my visa to New Zealand. And we all moved out. We moved into a house and it was like a party house kind of thing. And did a lot of snowboarding stuff. And that in, was in the New f- Zealand. Yeah. In New Zealand. Uh, oh, well, I guess cause the mountains there. Oh yeah. There's tons of places to go riding there and their winters are opposite of us. So it was like, Oh, I did cool. a winter here, a winter New Zealand and then came back for a winter here again. So oh, I wow. had like, you were just, but in between popping. that, I did a lot of sunny day traveling too, sure, sure. but uh, we did, I did New Zealand for li- not very long and I didn't do Australia for very long, but, um, yeah, it, it was such a, it was a pretty, pretty big, nice party. Yeah. time for me i guess but uh and then a- after new zealand i wanted to do a little bit of more solo traveling yeah so like i still had friends in australia but i did a a lot of things on my own i went to this place in byron bay called the arts factory and it's this hostel and it's just full of these like jungle people man these really talented musicians and and uh just like like vagabonds like travelers that just nice that all meet in, in, in this one hostel. I don't know why, but it's just, there's open mics and there's things, these little activities you can do. There's yoga everywhere. And it's a very, it's like a hippie. It is a hippie town. Nice. It's such a, but it was so cool to go there and just pick up on other country, other countries and their ways of learning music. Yeah. yeah. I learned, I, I met some crazy people, like people from Chile. This one guy named Santiago. This guy was super the nicest guy you'd ever meet and i'd had no clue but he was like a master in flamenco 
oh, and wow. classical and all this shit. And he had this Beatles tattoo and he's a huge Beatles fan. And, and he was one guy who knew Antoine Dufour, that fingerstyle guitarist. He's like, oh, oh cool. I know. And I was like, no way. I know who that is too. And I started playing one of his songs and we just hit it off right there. Yeah, and then, yeah. It was almost like I met most of my friends there through music. Yeah. Because everyone's playing. It's a universal language, right? Yeah, and it's a giant fucking community of just tents. And I'd be in my tent playing guitar, and the guy in the tent next to me would be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Do you want to go out there and play for a little bit? And he's just like, all right. And then you go out, and there's a circle of people playing, and there's an open mic, and it was... Now, was that the open mic? Because you've had residencies kind of like... Because you had a residency at, at an open mic... Uh, didn't you? I uh, when you were in Australia or New Zealand, I played New Zealand. New, okay. New Zealand, I played at an open mic at a bar called Surreal in Queenstown, and that was it was hosted by a guy named Charlie, but he was like every time I went there, he was pretty drunk. Right. <laughs> but it was, that was such an off and on open mic. I'd like sometimes I would I'd be drunk before I even go there. I'd have like twelve beers in me before I go. Jesus to this. Christ! And I and it, like I was just like, oh, I guess I'm going to the open mic, and you go there, and you you don't even know if anyone's gonna show up. I sometimes I'd be there, and the place be packed, and and you're just like, holy crap! Like okay, okay let's start playing. And I and the other thing too is the slots you get. There was like seven songs, so you're up there for a while, hmm. which I wasn't quite ready for. Like I did have, I, I do have a lot of songs on my set list, but. But there'd be some nights you're playing in front of like 100 to 200 people. And there's some nights you'd be playing in front of the bartender. Right. And it's so off and on. And it's just like this graph. It's just like, go do, do, do. So, yeah. and, but, but before that, I did open mics. All these open mics I've done are on Tuesdays. I did Tuesday at Surreal, Tuesday at the Red Dog. And in Whistler, I did Tuesdays at the Fire Rock. Hosted by a buddy of mine named John Doby. And that was my first taste of performing by myself. I always perform yeah. with Odious. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy going up with four of your brothers and playing your own songs. Like, yeah. Because you have your role. I was a lead guitarist, so that's your role. Yeah. But now... I now think you're the, now you're the it, rhythm guitarist. Everyone's you're the staring lead at guitarist. you. You're the singer. Yeah. You're the front and man. everyone, you're fucking everything. they're applauding you. They're looking at you, and it's yeah. just you, and you're like, oh, shit. Now I gotta, <laughs> oh, shit. Now I gotta actually, like, entertain people. But yeah, but and that's where I started. I think I was nineteen. 20, I was twenty years old, and the first time I played by myself acoustic on stage, I was, yeah, I was twenty. It was at this bar called Chris, Crystal, Crystal Lounge, and DJ Costaman. It's like this reggae, huge dreads. This guy, nice. and uh, he shouted in the mic. He's like, "Anybody here play guitar or play any songs that want to come up?" And a couple of people raised their hands, so I did too, but I was shy. I was like a really shy kid, when I was, yeah. especially when I was like 20, living in Whistler. I didn't know what, like how to even, like how to even meet people and stuff like that. And he just goes, oh, this kid back here, it's like, you come up in a little bit like that. I'm just like, oh no. And he's like, just take a, have a couple drinks and you'll be up here. Don't worry. Man, I slammed like three shots of whiskey. I had like two beers. I was just nervous, like a nervous wreck. And I'm like, bartender, give me some more drinks. And I got drunk. Like, I was actually, like, kind of cut. And I was, and then he's just like, all right, your time. I was just like, oh, God. And I just go up, and I'm so nervous, man. Like, I'm sweating. I feel like I'm going to vomit. <laughs> all because of two little dinky songs that I wanted to play. And I I know I didn't sound as that good. Obviously, it's your first time. Sure. And, and he, the guy was so nice. He kept coming up. He's like, yeah, he's like, your voice does sound really good, but sing into the microphone. You're like two feet away from. Me. I'm like standing way back here and and things like that. And that's when I first and I didn't do it again for like 
a year because <laughs> it was just so frightening. Yeah. And I just uh, criticizing everything I did in my head so much. And then when I had a couple of my friends in Whistler um, that worked at the Fire Rock, uh, my friend, she uh, she was like, oh, she's like, you do play guitar really well. You should come to the open mic at the Fire Rock. I'm like, all right. I go up and... I didn't want to sing because of that last time. Sure. That I saw, I was just like, my voice is shit. So I was like, I'm going to do these fingerstyle songs. This is when I was just starting fingerstyle. Right. So I was maybe, tw- at this point, I was 20, I want to say 22, 23. Right. And uh, I just started getting into the fingerstyle stuff. So I went up to the guy, John, my buddy John. I was like, hey, man, I, I don't have any songs to sing. I do, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to do a couple fingerstyle songs if that's okay. And perfect environment for that kind of thing it was a nice like cabin chalet feeling lounge with a fireplace and it wasn't like there was like proper people in there drinking nice wines and stuff like that but then i'd like my group of friends would come in and they just destroy the place like, <laughs> like who needs another beer like that like, just yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing and i played the first two open mics i did at the fire rock i just did finger style songs i just didn't want to sing yeah and i didn't tell anybody i was doing them i didn't want anybody showing up Right. I was like trying to be all my the, my friend. My friend. She. Oh man. The one that told me to go up and play. She came, and it was like pretty much her and another friend of mine in the audience. Right. And it was just those two. So and then they were like, "That was good." And then they would tell two more people in the next one, and then I started singing a little bit more, and that's where I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna build a set list." Yeah. And then I just went there every Tuesday. I didn't yeah. leave. And by the end of it, my I think my last open mic, I had like thirty friends. And yeah. like just going crazy in this bar, They're like really supportive, and uh, yeah, it was pretty great doing that. And that's when I left Whistler. And I was like, okay, I need to find a place to play again. So I was always looking for an open mic. When I moved to New Zealand, I was asking, "Where's the open mic?" And they said Tuesdays at Surreal. I was like, perfect. Sign yeah. me up. Did that, and uh, then when I went to Australia, I moved. I didn't move, but I went to the Arts Factory, and that's where I found the open mic. Tuesdays there right and I was like oh let's do that and then after Australia I went to Indonesia for a little bit that, okay Bali. I knew you were in Asia at some point yeah I went to Indonesia for only for like a couple of weeks I, I was with uh, another group of my friends and we were doing like just the travel thing like we we're just mm. one of the best times of my life probably was getting a little street bike in in Lombok Island in, in Indonesia and just like driving to all these beaches and sunrise and sunset and surfing and just like having coconuts and all you that kind of thing. It was, awesome. Oh, it was great. It was, and it's so cheap. You can live like a king there for no money, man. Like it's like five bucks for my, for my night at, at the hostel, five bucks for a bike, five bucks for a surfboard for 15 bucks. And, wow. so, and a plate of food for me was like a couple bucks Canadian. So I, was, yeah, yeah. I spent my time there and, and then I uh, went to Thailand for, I, I ran out of money at Thailand. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely ran out of money in Thailand. And I, I remember. Shouldn't have been hanging out with all them ladyboys. That guilt. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> I, sh- I felt so guilty calling my fucking dad and just being like, you know what? I don't even have enough money to get my plane ticket home. Oh, wow. Like, I just, I, I think I only had $200 in my name and I was like four grand in debt in my credit card. Like, and uh, I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with traveling for a bit because yeah. I've clearly had too much fun. Yeah. So I got home and uh, and that's the worst thing is when I got home because uh, first of all, you're in debt. So there's one factor. The second yeah. thing, you just traveled. I just traveled for like eight months. 
and I was with all my good, like these friends that I met and stuff. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're in your old bedroom. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you don't know. You're almost trapped. I didn't feel comfortable even being home. I was just like, what? Oh oh my God. It's so weird. And then you get that post travel, like stress. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, you feel like you got to move. Yeah. And so I kept doing trip. I kept visiting Whistler. I was going here and there. Me and my sister did a snowboarding trip to Revelstoke. Uh, I went to Japan. Um, I kept doing music festivals. So I'm always trying to travel because every so often when I'm here, I almost like get cabin fever. And yeah. It's like, oh, I need to get out. Yeah, man. I, I know what you mean. And it's funny because the, the first time it really hit me, I did that one like really huge tour throughout like Western North America. Yeah. And when I first oh, I got... I remember you going through that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, uh... And the, the craziest part was was the cap, the last show I did, which was at Blue Bomber Stadium, which was headline, co-headlined by Stone Temple Pilots and Godsmack. God, I remember, oh my God, when I heard that, I'm like, he fucking made it. He made yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it felt like it for the time I was yeah. there, for sure. Um, but then, um, and that was my 25th birthday, right? Oh, then man. my 26th birthday. And it was it was actually really kind of cool because um, cause I all these people that I consider to be rock stars, I was like just going up and talking to That's them. That's the weirdest thing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm, I'm hanging out with the guys from Airborne. Oh my God, I'm hanging out with the guys from Finger Eleven. Oh my God, I'm yeah. hanging out with the guys from Crash Karma. And like, we're like, the the dudes from, a couple of the guys from Crash Karma were, were watching um, fucking STP side stage. They start playing Interstate and we're like arm in arm, like yeah, you know, like, oh man, and we're singing along and swaying, and they're just as excited as I am that Stone Temple Pilots oh, yeah. is like fifty feet from us, and we're all losing our shit, and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, these rock stars are, they're just big fucking nerds like me. This is amazing, oh, yeah. and I was losing it, and then I come home, and in my twenty sixth birthday. I'm in Peterborough, and I'm like, something's gone wrong. Yeah, you know, and it was just that's so like, weird. That's like I hate those stupid fucking Facebook memory things where they show when your life was way better back then. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see my goddamn Facebook memories, like here's when you were snowboarding in New Zealand, here's when you were surfing in Bali, and I'm just like, oh. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what though? Like as things change and they move forward, now it's kind of funny because the music that I was playing when I was on on those tours it wasn't it wasn't me no you know what I'm saying like okay. it, it that's different though yeah it was, that was a huge change for you I it bet was a, though yeah well because for the longest time up until that point um the only I guess like quote unquote sideman work I had done was I was filling in for friends bands right where okay. it was still very yeah. familiar music where I was still totally cool with it. And then I started playing this stuff that just not only was, I I guess unfamiliar is a good word, but just stuff that I kind of actively avoided because I just wasn't a fan of the genre. Yeah. And then I, I'm playing True. it because I wanted to be, I was like, I'm going to be a sideman. This is what I'm going to do. Because yeah. I, I had this opinion that I wasn't a good enough writer to make it on my own steam, you know? Yeah. Which would be the forefront. Yeah, it, to which I mean I have since changed my tune about that. Yeah. Um, not that I have any delusions of being a massive rock star or anything, but it's part of growth. Yeah, but I feel like um I need to play stuff that I love. You know, so Yeah. Um 
I'll do one-offs and I'll do studio work and stuff like that, but I'm not going to, I don't see myself doing tours for, for stuff that doesn't really, really excite me. Or it speaks anymore. to you or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, it's got to be, if I'm going on tour for somebody else, it's got to be something that I'm really yeah, interested in. Well, but, uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. Uh, just, uh, just that weird feeling of like, yeah, this time last year I was playing in front of, you know, 10,000 people and now I'm... In it's a, a shock, isn't and it? now I'm in a kitchen in Peterborough yeah. with. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm there with my family, and it was awesome. And I, you know, I love my in-laws. I really do, honestly. Like I lucked yeah. out so yeah. hard with who my in-laws are because they're amazing people. But uh, it just it was, it felt like a, like a career-wise, it felt like kind of a big step backwards to go from you know, oh yeah, last year's football stadium, ten thousand people to. Five people in a kitchen, you know, <laughs> and your expectations were only going bigger. Like yeah. each day was probably you're just like, oh my god, like and learning all this crazy stuff. The, another big day, another like Stone Temple yeah. Pilots, Godsmack for geez, like you, like you're gonna see Wheeland. Yeah, I did, which is a I, lot yeah. more like a little more shining now in yeah. these days. Now yeah, that he's no, gone, now that he's gone for sure. But but yeah, like and that kind of shit was pretty crazy. When you get and to like, that, it's just like and then one day it must have happened fast. It must have felt pretty. Well, yeah, I mean there there were a few reasons I left that band that I don't really want to yeah. talk about on. That's what I mean. A recorded go, platform. It, it, yes. Um, but it goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it, things changed quick, and then but then you know. Um, it's and it's weird too because you get the the wind knocked out of your sails, but then you put yourself back together and then you work a shitty job and you go fuck this. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna change my life. There you go. And then you do, and then things start picking up again, and and it moves in a different way. But you get all this momentum, and then it's weird. I actually feel more successful now. Yeah. Than I did when I was playing, like, the like bi- these, a big show, like these massive clubs. Yeah. And and and, and stadiums and. In arenas and shit like I that. I know, I know for a fact. If I played an arena or a stadium, I'd be shitting myself because it really wasn't that scary. No, honestly, like I mean, I don't think it hurt much that Danko Jones was on before us. I was like, all right, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> not that he doesn't play great party music, but I mean, it's pretty easy stuff to handle. Yeah. So I was like, all right, and and also the music that I was playing to was really pretty simple to play. Like I mean, yeah. people people liked it. Yeah, and it was cool, but um, wasn't necessarily my bag. And it just, it also, I, I'm maybe a little biased because I like stuff that really heavily showcases bass players because yeah, I'm a bassist. So you're a bassist, yeah. Uh, so maybe a little bit biased. Every bassist but, is like that. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Because <laughs> like, God damn it, everybody's opinion is, oh, you play the bass, you must have failed at guitar, right? So. <laughs> And then you go up on stage and play some crazy shit on guitar, like yeah. Well, I mean, luckily I can do that. Yeah, that's um, so. And and then I can do it on harmonica, and then I can do it I on mean. ukulele, and you know. So I'm thankful for having ADD and OCD, so that I yeah. can marry the two. Yeah, uh, and uh, not be <laughs> yeah. able to not be able to focus on one instrument for any particular length of time, but be able to like dive into just trying to be as good as I possibly can at something for like. A year, and then yeah, I switch to another and instrument, they, and then I just do that kind of across the like board. Jack of all trades, master <laughs> yeah. of none. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely master of none. That's well, not even for close. you. Not even close to master. For you, you, you're mm. getting there. Well, I'll die before I master anything that I'm 
interested in doing. Well, you got, but that's you okay. got quite a few instruments under your belt that you can play. Yeah, um, I guess if you include vocal, seven. Yeah. I'm working on two more, but um, not to the point where I'd ever want to... Well, I shouldn't say ever want to play them in front of anybody, but certainly not at this point. Yeah. Uh, because it's a working, oh, oh, oh. working progress. Everything's a work in progress, yeah. but those are... Um, those are secretive yeah. <laughs> works in progress. Yeah. But uh, I have a question for you, though. When you came back, when you first came back from Whistler, um, when you said you spent that year back home, like, um, before you did all the extensive traveling, yeah. was that that, like, six months or so that you and I had that band with Will? Yeah, yeah. That was that, fun, that man. Been, we had some good. That, I still have some of that. Stuff I was gonna computer. say, man. On my lap, I was checking on my laptop. I have some recordings, even ones that you've sent me. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of like I even I can even remember the titles. I remember like Toy Soldier. Yeah, fuck yeah. You one more. Yeah, and and, and um, you sent me one that you recorded. I think with Devin. I think it was, what was it? I think it was Hey Jimmy. Not Hey Jimmy. Oh, that was that was that's all. It, it's actually something... Hey Jimmy's on me. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, I like I love that. Thank you. I really did like those that. lyrics are disgusting. Are they? You didn't listen to the I've lyrics? Well, I don't can't remember them. It's been so long. It's about some like really sad, ugly motherfucker that just couldn't get laid. So um, it's a fictional character that yeah. supposedly I was hanging out with, and so I <laughs> so I took him downtown and I'm, bought him a hooker. I'm gonna go back and listen to this song when I get home for um, sure. The uh, the concept of the tune is I think is pretty funny. Um, instrumentally, I've grown a lot since then. Yeah. But um, the ideas are pretty cool. Uh, but lyrically, very funny. Yeah. And very Chili Peppers influenced. Yeah. And just like really, it's pretty gross. We even got into that with like Odious. Like we, like yeah, that's Mike, right. You guys Mike, started doing Suck My Kiss. Yeah, we did a lot of that kind of stuff. And even with lyrics. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Mike and Ken did the lyrics mostly. Yeah. And I know Colin did a little bit maybe, by yeah, the maybe end. Maybe he did. Yeah, he, I don't. But I don't, not I don't, not I was as much. Ne- I was never in charge of lyrics ever, so I wouldn't even. I couldn't even tell you. But like some of the lyrics that I was reading, Mike's, I'm like, what is this even about? And like it, it the cool thing is that there was no boundaries. We always, yeah. we didn't have any boundaries about what we could play or what yeah. we could say, yeah. which is a good like rule because I think of, so too. Like I was, I, you go through like someone's lyrics. I'm like, what? And like it'd be something wrote about some stupid cartoon thing or something and you're like well that's well, it's, it's still something yeah and like we even wrote a song about getting high in, in my in my basement in my old house or something and things like that and just it's pretty funny what what you hear but now I'm I'm curious did you because we all experimented uh back back in those days oh, we did. like to sometimes excess um, do you find that that stimulated your creativity or do you find that it maybe was just really fun um, in the moment and really didn't do a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always a hard one to say. I know, right? Because, well, like right now what I'm thinking of is this comedy bit by Bill Hicks in the intro of Third Eye, is it? Real fucking high on drugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like that. And yeah. that's... That it's all it. I was when I was young. I always thought that I was like, well, Kurt Cobain just died, and he was heavy on heroin. I'm like, is that what? Because the same thing happened with Brad from Sublime. Yeah. You know, and Whelan from Stone Temple Pilots. And I'm well, like, well, they didn't really disclose how he died. No, was, but I mean, like, but drugs. You can assume drug and like it. I I always wondered, did that affect their lyric writing? specifically sure, lyric writing not so much instrumentation stuff I feel like it might have but um 
I think more so, I more than just the drugs themselves, the situations that put them in. Sorry, the situations that have put them in, and thus the life experience that they yeah. garnered from that would have. Because if they were shit writers already, it wouldn't have mattered if they were fucked up or not. Yeah, exactly. I think it just maybe yeah, it could have slightly changed their perspective because I know at least for me, getting stoned and listening. Uh, God damn. I'm half in the bag here and I've had two beers. I'm such a loser. Um, um, I know that getting stoned and listening to rage against the machine was how I was able to isolate tracks. Like, because at you're first, focusing on one thing. Yeah. One instrument only. Yeah. And, and sometimes the bassing, well, a lot of the time, especially in rage, the bass and the guitar were playing the exact same riff. Yeah. They do go hand in hand. They, a they lot. play a lot of unison. Well, I guess technically they're playing octaves because the bass and the guitar are not. Yeah. Guitar, but, but the you know riffing, the riffing yeah. is the same kind of riffing. It's yeah. It's all the same thing. Um, and it took me a little while. I don't, and it wasn't until I was stoned that I was able to zone in on I don't it properly, think... but I don't think it was necessarily me experimenting with anything that sparks creativity. I mean, I've I've definitely locked myself into a bedroom and played. I put my hours in playing. Well, well, of co- oh yeah, no, That's I don't necessarily. One th- mean, yeah, but I don't mean proficiency. Yeah, I think there's a huge difference okay, between yeah. between a technical and physical prowess. Yeah, as opposed to maybe. Knocking down inhibitions or yes. or a different perspective yeah. or anything along those Thinking lines that maybe maybe having maybe. an altered state of mind made you look at something differently or because I know for me nowadays when I get fucked up ah God I keep like hiccuping and burping <laughs> and shit uh, when. It, this is case in point. When I get fucked up, I can't speak properly. I can't play properly. I can't write properly. Um, people are probably going to be frustrated listening to this because they're like, "Oh man, he's just wasted and being an asshole, and he's only had two beers. What a loser!" Oh, I'm thinking, so I'm going to switch. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Um, I, 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 it's hard to say. I mean, with with what you experiment with, I don't think it really alters too much. I mean, I think you can get a certain inspiration to dive into things a little more. Sure. Like, I definitely, if I was stoned or something, I'd go, okay, man, now it's punch time. Let's go sure. bang something out. And you almost feel like you need to get to work. Do you find that when you get high? I get the I opposite. Do. I feel I feel. I'm, I don't, I don't, I, I, I feel like uh, I'm not like the usual, you would say, where mm. like you can't function. And the speech and all that, I still, I can still do my everyday thing. It's just, I'm a little off. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm a little off. I just, I'm envious of that. Cause I know a few people that can drink or smoke and, and, and work. And when I do it, um, I find that anything I, pro- and maybe it's because I get kind of paranoid, especially if I'm stoned Yeah. and, and I'm trying to produce something that I'm way overthinking everything that I'm doing yeah. and then I start feeling super guilty about being stoned and then yeah. and then all everything is yourself yeah a lot like and... way too much and overthinking <clears throat> absolutely everything so I think when I was younger I had that and I, I think I grew out of that or something or nice but I don't I don't I wish I could have I don't know <laughs> I don't know I like obviously being sober is the way 
like you could still do all the music you want and create all the things you want sober. Oh, yeah. even better. Because, well, maybe just differently. I think. Yeah. I think it, differently from yeah. person to person. I think it definitely differs. It's different because you know all these rock stars that all of a sudden they're sober and they're like, oh my god, they're nervous to write something sober now. Yeah, it's like their first Ozzy album. Talked when about that. Yeah, and their your first album so sober. You're just like, oh shit, now I gotta learn how to write all over again. Yeah, and like, and. I always hear this a lot. People who don't drink or don't do drugs and stuff, they have shitty stories. Well, some of the, so there's some really good sober writers out there. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've been living quite a large chunk of my life relatively sober. I mean, this is not a good example. And I and it's so funny because almost every podcast, I've, I've had like a drink on it. And I get a little bit of a buzz on from it because I yeah. hardly ever drink. Um, I'll have like... I mean, since I started doing the podcast, actually, my drinking has gone up quite a bit because I want to know what people want to drink. So I, <laughs> yeah. I try to have it at the house for them to help them relax and shit. Yeah. Uh, but then I feel like I have to, you know, I have to. I always bring my own. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed that. My, yeah. my Keith's is, uh, it's not good enough. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm very picky when it comes to no, beer. I'm not going to That's good, lie. man. You I'm know what? A, I'm super picky when it comes to I'm coffee. A, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a, yeah. That's same thing, but, uh, yeah, it's it's. I, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking a bunch of different stuff. That's some Belgian Moon. This is a Granville from out west. I like West Coast IPAs a lot. Okay, um, so you're you're into the really kind of hoppy shit. Yeah, I love hoppy beers. Uh, yeah, some of them I like. Some of them I'm not crazy about. Like it just. Oh, there's some like double hops and stuff where it just tastes like a, a fucking oak barrel, and you're <laughs> just like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. But yeah, I I do I I I used to keep a log. On all the different beers, and I'd write something about really? what country it's from, where it's brewed, uh, percentage, IBUs. Awesome. I had a huge log. I don't know where it is, and I was filling it out like crazy because I was going to different pubs all over Peterborough. I was going to St. Verona's, McThirsty's, and these guys have beers, man. Like St. Verona's has got St. Verona's a has a really, really beer. good line of beers. Have and you had food. their? Um, well, there's two that are my favorites there. Um, and I have to get one or the other every time I'm there because it's just part of the experience of going to St. Verona's because yeah. they have really good food. But they've also, oh, yeah. that that beer list is amazing. They've got the Powell Quacks. Have you, have you had one? that? No, oh, no. dude. Half of the reason I get it is for the glass it comes in. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like that if there were pimps in Sherwood Forest, this is what they would have been drinking they, out of yeah. on their um in their stagecoach, <laughs> which yeah. is like just ridiculous. But that's that's my insane imagination. Um, but it's like this weird like it's almost a glass beaker that sits in this weird wooden holder, and it's it's really fucking cool. I'm not doing oh, okay. it justice trying to yeah. describe what it looks like, but it's it's pretty amazing. And then the other one is um. Oh, I can't remember the first name, but I think it's a uh, uh, Donker. Uh, 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 I, I want to say like Keel Donker or something like yeah. that. And it tastes Some... like it tastes like chocolate. And and like it's a like stout a, or a porter. I think it's a porter. Yeah, it's like eleven percent. Yeah, I, I, I do like really I do like porters and stouts, like chocolate yeah. or caramel hints in it and stuff. Next time you get get out west, um, do you ever spend any time in Tofino? Because you were talking about surfing before. I've been there twice. Okay, there's um, I wish I could remember the name of the restaurant, uh, but there's a place right on the dock, and the food there is. Insane. I think I've been there, and they have um, they have their own brewery. Yeah. 
And the last time Amber and I were there, they had a uh, a roasted sea kelp stout. Really? And it was I, and I know that sounds maybe It kind sounds of gross. off, but you can't I, was, beer I don't knock it till I try yeah, it. It was delicious. Yeah. Delicious. And I mean, I, I would never want to get drunk on a stout because they're so heavy. Oh, it feels man, like you just it's drank like a, a Thanksgiving loaf of bread. meal. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, but this was so good. Yeah. That I actually caught a pretty strong buzz because I had like three. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't. Tofino has some good breweries there. Like, yeah. I, I was literally just good there. Food, I was eating at too. the Schooner. That's the place I was eating oh, at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Schooner. They have some good food there. They have those crazy. They have that infused vodka Caesars I always yeah. used to get there all the time. Tofino. I, I, I'm trying to remember the beer I had Lean there. more towards the mic, no. brother. I, okay. uh, <laughs> I had... I tried a bunch of their stuff while I was there, but I was always ordering, like, regular beers. Like, they there was a Jamaican restaurant. I always had, like, their red stripe and right. things like that. But, um, but yeah, Tofino, man, that place is a little piece of paradise, though. Oh, my God. The drive is kind of scary getting there. <laughs> Dude, this guy, the drive, it was sketchy. I was happy to have my car because it's a smooth drive because you yeah. need it yeah. going there. I was in a rental. Now, it was a very nice rental. Yeah. But, like, dude, those switchbacks are scary. Yeah. Like, if you fuck up, you are falling down hundreds of feet off the side of a cliff. Yeah. Like, that was intense. And I was kind of white-knuckling it the whole way. And Amber's in the passenger seat, and Devin and uh, his fiance Shannon, are in the back. And they're like, oh, my God, look at the mountains. Look at the trees. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the fucking yeah. road. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm not man. looking at it. I was like, just show me the pictures later. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, God, it was intense, but gorgeous. And oh, yeah. I totally agree. Little slice of paradise. It is. And um, in that rest stop, Cathedral Grove on the way. Yeah. On the way there. Did you stop? Have you ever stopped into Cathedral Grove? Not, uh, I was literally just there. July or August, but the time I was there, 2013, I remember stopping there. Uh, dude, yeah. they have, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, it's a Douglas fir, but they have a, a pr- I'm almost positive, they have a Douglas fir, it's an old growth, and it is taller than the Tower of Pisa. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. That- and it would have been, if I'm remembering correctly, it would have been, the tree itself would have been a couple hundred years old when Christopher Columbus first came wow. to North America. It's like that ancient... Yeah. yeah. And for any fans of uh, He-Man listening, Devin and I used to call it the Sky Tree. Because uh, <laughs> that was that was uh, the name of the this like massive tree in the He-Man cartoon. They would talk and stuff. And Oh. That's some... The, that's some deep cut nerdiness right yeah, there <laughs> from back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I did a lot of hiking out there though. I, yeah. When I, I spent time in Whistler and we went to Cougar Mountain and hiked the ancient cedars there and stuff. It's pretty it's gorgeous. Cool. Shit, oh man, man. you know what else is really cool too? Um, West Coast town as well. In um, just outside of San Francisco, in the hills of Sausalito. Um, Sausalito. It's uh like you know you know the Golden Gate. Yeah, yeah Golden Gate Bridge. Um, it's it's just on the other side uh, before you get into like there's Oakland, Oakland Sausalito yeah. and then there's okay um, yeah yeah and then San Fran uh, so back up in the in the mountains and actually it was really cool because while we were there um, we the band that I was playing with at the time we got a personal invite to go to Skywalker Ranch 
Oh, is, man. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Did I, did I never tell you no, about this? No, you never told me that oh, one. Oh, shit. Okay, so no. um, for, for those not in the know, Skywalker <laughs> Ranch is this massive piece of property that George Lucas the Mecca. owns. It is the Mecca. It's, it's the where, Mecca. It's where he keeps like his vault of all the old prints and stuff. Um, it's where Skywalker Sound is at. It's where uh, certain parts of industrial light and magic are held. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the prop. Oh man, the prop uh, station is gone. Like that, that shop is gone. I oh, don't think really? they do models there anymore because they they went like super CG for a little while until Disney True. bought them out and then <laughs> went back to the models. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was it was pretty amazing. Like I got to see his office. Or, well, not his office. I saw his boardroom. Sorry. I saw the boardroom and just outside the boardroom in the waiting room. And this is this is no, like, theme park shit. This is by personal invite only. This is the only yeah, way to get in. Yeah. Um, there were, in the display cases, there were the original three lightsaber hilts. There was Darth Vader's hilt. There was Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber hilt. And um, there was... Uh, oh, no, I guess it would have been four. Because there was uh, Anakin Skywalker's that Luke Skywalker yeah. was given that Obi-Wan was like, your father wanted you to have this when you were open up. <laughs> yeah. You know? So there's that one. And then there was the one that Luke constructed himself uh, that you see in Return of the Jedi. The the one with the green blade. Yeah. Uh, where the, the first one was blue, just like Obi-Wan's. And then oh, the, the one that would have had the red blade, which was when Anakin became Vader. So that was there. Indy's hat and whip was there. The golden idol from um, from Raiders was there, like all kinds of crazy the giant models. museum of oh dude, it just was insane, history. and it was really cool because at Skywalker Sound, which is inside the ranch, uh, is where Chickenfoot had just recorded their record, oh, which no is that supergroup with Joe Satriani yeah. and oh, Sammy yeah. Hagar. I love Chickenfoot. Yeah, me too. Old uh, school supergroup. Yeah, man, they were fantastic. Um, Michael Anthony and Chad Smith just to finish the roster. Yes. You can't, you can't leave those guys out. No rhythm section. Uh, but that was really cool. And the, the hero puppet from, uh, of TikTok from return to Oz was there. Okay. You ever see that flick? Yeah. 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 Really good movie. But anyway, like, so we got to, we got to go check that out as well. So I, I have, even though I was with a group that, you know, didn't pan out. I have a real soft spot for that city. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Sausalito. Because, I mean, we were staying with some really awesome people. And we saw some awesome shit. Like, the hikes in, up in the mountains We that we went and saw. Like, the old uh, the old Redwoods. They, the, oh, they yeah. My parents there, like, went there. And they've been telling me to go there for a long it's time. It's amazing. Amazing. You drive your car right through a tree. Yeah, you could. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Fucking Sammy Hagar's got his house up there, too. Which really? Which is probably why they recorded at uh, <laughs> Skywalker Sound. Because it was really close no to way. his place. Um, that's it, awesome yeah it was a really cool place and you know we, we played a couple of shows in and around um, San Fran and shit like that which was pretty sweet uh, the notable one was this joint called the Mezzanine which is this gorgeous fucking like Boys to Men have played there and really? Lady Gaga's played there like some big acts have been in now I mean we didn't play with those particular acts no it was like an indie night but uh, but it was pretty cool um, yeah man what a good town and that was the first time I ever had like authentic Indian food and that shit okay, blew yeah. my mind. Oh man, your first time my having that fresh, uh, freshly baked naan is oh yeah, so good. You'll, you'll never go back to oh, North American style Indian food ever. I can't. That's that's I've, the that's the other problem with traveling is you come home and you realize how shitty the North American <laughs> imitating take, all this yeah. food. Imitation is a great word for yeah, it. Yeah, it's an imitation because like even when I was in Indonesia, like I just 
I didn't even know what that kind of food was like, but it's, it's different when you're, instead of going to a grocery store and you go to a food market and some granny sitting there will cook it for you right fresh in front of you. Oh, and amazing. it's the best food ever. And then you come back home, you're like, well, I'll try some meagering or something from here. And you look at it and you're like, this isn't the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Even when I was in Japan, like like real Real's, Japanese yeah. food, I was just like, oh my God. And I, I can only imagine. I didn't even think I liked it. I just went over there and tried everything I could. And I was just like, this place is amazing. Yeah. The food and culture. And then you come home and have some Japanese food here, and you're like, God damn it, <laughs> this sucks. This is not the same. Thing. No, it's never the same. Which is funny too, because like the, um, at least in terms of sushi, um, the best I've had so far is in BC because it's, it's right next to the ocean, it's so fucking yeah. fresh, right? I can only imagine what it would be like to get it from a hardcore traditional, yeah, Japanese. Well, I never got really like too much in into Japan. sushi. I've only kind of started back. I only eat certain items yeah I'm not a big fish fan but yeah well, but that doesn't I, help if you're trying to eat it doesn't, sushi. Help. <laughs> it doesn't help but there's still things you can order around it oh for sure but uh i yeah i find when i when i lived out west i was like why is there so many sushi places everywhere <laughs> like because it's so fresh it's like so good yeah they, they, they the west coasters they love their sushi uh, have love. you have, have you tried roe at all it's, it's the eggs the fish eggs have you tried that no i know I think you were talking about this last time. I think we went on a like a a dinner somewhere recently yeah. with Mike and Amber. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, um, and Kristen. Chris, yes, thank you. And, oh, and I'm sorry, Kristen. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, that I think you were mentioning it there. I don't I don't know if you ever, if you got it there at that time, but I think you mentioned it to me before. Yeah. And I was like, "What is it?" And you're like, "Fish eggs." I'm like, "Oh God." Yeah, I know it sounds fucked. It up. sounds messed up, but even Mike was like, "No, dude, it's, it's the best so thing ever, good, like, dude." Like texturally, it's incredible. Like it's got a good flavor, but even more than that, the texture because it just kind of it like explodes and yeah, mouth, kind of like the way that uh, the way that like a perfect cherry tomato pops in yeah. your mouth. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but smaller and like it's. Ah. See, any way I can think to describe it is going to sound gross. Way you know, worse was, than it really is. It's, yeah. like, it's almost like fish pop rocks, but that sounds horrid. Yeah. That <laughs> so, does sound really bad. Right? I'm not going to lie. Terrible. That does sound terrible. But it's, ah, <laughs> see, I can't, like, I can't articulate it properly, but the, it's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's the same with um, unagi, which technically yeah. isn't sushi. That's barbecued eel. Yeah. Or unagi is just eel. I, you, I don't know if you can eat it raw or not. It. Every time I've had it, it's been barbecued, and they put this incredible sauce on it. I don't know what it is, and I don't care. And the first time I tried it, I was tricked. Um, Amber's just like, try this. I'm like, what is it? She's like, unagi. And I was like, that word sounds really familiar. I know I know what yeah, that means somewhere in the back of my before. mind. Because I'm a big fan of of old school martial arts movies, and I'm like, really big anime fan. Oh, yeah, true. Like, I've heard a shit ton of Japanese. Yeah. I don't speak the language and I don't pretend to, but there are certain words that I definitely know. Yeah. You know, and I was like, Unagi sounds really fucking familiar. Yeah. Where do I know this from? And I, I, I ate it anyway because I'm like, whatever. And it was just, oh, flavor smashed in the mouth. And yeah. Like, this is so good. I'm like, you have to tell me what this is. Give me the English <laughs> name. She's like, it's barbecued. I was like, I don't care. Give me more. Yeah. <laughs> It's now, I mean, if you really genuinely hate fish, you're just, you're not, gonna I'm not like a big it. seafood fan. And but, if, and if you are, I'm sure that wouldn't be the most appealing thing, but there there's, there's times where I'll dip in just to see if I'll build a yeah. palate. I mean, even, even if you leave the eel alone, I would highly recommend, even if it's just a tester, 
you gotta try some raw, man. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. Um, one of the one of the best that I ever had was when we were out west and we had flying fish row. And I swear to God, it was sparkling when they brought it Weird. to the table. It was oh, man. like just, now it was obviously the way that the light was reflecting off of it and stuff. But it just yeah, it looked it ugh, it looked like jewelry. Yeah, the delicious, presentation was right there. Jewelry. Oh yeah, yeah, gorgeously presented. Yeah, and, I mean it wasn't cheap, but like holy yeah. shit, it was so good. Yeah, they're good at that. You know, and then and we were also getting bombed on hot sake and oh i love that stuff come by oh i love sake i love sake yeah it was a good time yeah very good time i need to experiment more with sushi i haven't tried too many different stuff for foods lately the weirdest thing i think i've ever eaten was kangaroo you're a cook too though yeah well i would think that you would experiment maybe more uh well my mom's (laughs) east coast so obviously we have lots of moose and lobster Right. And things like that. Are you a lobster guy? Because you were just no, saying, no. I still, there's, there's nothing in the sea. No? Shrimp? My my mom always used to make fun of me for that. She'd say, you, could, you have no problem. You can't eat anything out of the ocean, but you have no problem eating an egg out of a hen's asshole. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I don't think it comes out of their asshole. But um, I, I get the idea. Like, you, you have no problem eating a hen's, period. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to put it in that term, yes. Well, I but, mean, because it's an unfertilized egg. And I just, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. And even, it's like, delicious. even my half-brother, it's still, like, he he's lived in Newfoundland for years. He can't eat seafood. And it's so weird because it's, like, what you... That's, like, a staple. Yeah. And and I, I always ask my mom that question, but she was, like, even when I was young, I didn't eat a lot of seafood. It wasn't until I was in my teens and stuff. I was, like, you're in Newfoundland. That's, like, like you must eat a lot of what? seafood in order to be a new you have to kiss a cod yeah if you're not officially like yeah born into it yeah there's a lot of that kind of like, have you been screeched in no i haven't really i haven't and i've now, been to a new wedding and everything Newfie blood though are you exempt i don't know or like, i don't think I'm familiar with the i don't rules. think I've i'm exempt east coast I, even though even though I have family in Newfoundland, I don't consider myself too much. Like I, I haven't, I don't go there often. I know I should, but I just mm. haven't been there in so long. But uh, no, I, I, I remember going there last time for, uh, for a wedding, and uh, yeah, we, I was actually a part of the wedding. I was one of the groomsmen, and we, had, nice. we had our front pockets with screech in it. Oh man, that stuff tastes just like garbage the old black rum's got a hole on me oh man it was t- and, and like it, it was almost like i think it was every time the groom or whatever took a sip of it during the wedding everyone had to oh jesus and this guy can drink man yeah <laughs> i'm like god damn I'm like the youngest one there and drinking screech oh i was like 21 oh okay 20, so you're of 20. age at that i was time. of age but can't keep up with a new fiend no never you but I'd be not. expected to. I haven't been sworn in, but I don't. I I I think I would have to. I I don't think I'm exempted. No, I'm always down for it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll kiss the cot. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think yeah. now, um, there's a from what I understand is depending on where you do it, there's like a stuffed puffin, and you have to kiss its ass or arse, I guess as they would call the it. Arse. Uh, kiss the puffin's arse. Yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't like. Now I've also seen more recent stuff where people are still kissing the cod, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're just the getting stories. creative now. Yeah. They're always going to find some what new. They can make the yeah. outsiders do. Yeah, fuck with people. There's one tradition and one tradition only. Stick to it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. At least the screech hasn't left. Oh God. That's what do you one think good. of East Coast music? 
Oh man, that, like believe it or not, I I love it. I've spent time. I did a road trip across Canada, um, and one of the main stops was Halifax. Nice, and that's where the even the buskers were fucking yeah. great musicians, yeah, man. Like, me and they were just doing like good toe tap and music, like Fuck you yeah. would hear in the East Coast, yeah. and it's the best drinking music. Oh on the man, planet. I I I, th- I remember I was in a bar. We were I was drinking for so long. And I had this huge huge meal and i go outside and i seen these buskers going they look they were like all in rags and stuff and i seen them playing and i was so amazed i'm like clapping and singing along they're playing like and uh and i was like i gotta get these guys some money i'm just gonna drop side before this happened there was it was like a four of them playing and the drummer that was sitting down hitting buckets had a dog and his dog some drunk girl grabbed his dog by the leash and walked off with it not even kidding. He fucking stole his dog? Yeah, and my ex at the time caught it. And she was just like, and she's like, Where, where's your dog? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Where and she ran down the street and got it back. And ran, and the guy was just super thankful. He was just like, thank you so much. That's like all I had. Like, it's my dog. And like, I was like, oh my God. I ran right back to the store. I got them all a beer. And I got them, gave them, put 20 on the ground. Because they were just entertaining. They're everybody. Yeah, yeah. There's people walking and they'd be stopped for like 20 minutes. Wow. And forget what where they're even walking. Yeah. Like I was just like, that good. And then two blocks down, there's another set of busters <laughs> that are just killing it. Like just, yeah. I I do like, and even there's some like professional bands that are out there now from East Coast that like Winter Sleep. Winter yeah, Sleep's oh, an yeah, awesome yeah. band. Yeah. And and some people forget that that's East Coast Canada right yeah. there. Like, and it's too bad too because. Like as far as I know, Weighty Ghost was really their only like really big commercial. That was success. their their big single hit, I'd say. Yeah, but, the, but they've got so much stuff. That, that album really alone, like, has so many good deep shit. Their first yeah. track, I think, is Drunk on Aluminum or something like that, and it, that song is amazing. Search Party, great yeah. song. Like that whole album, there's some awesome songs, and and uh, yeah, I just feel Jeff like... is super. You remember Pearson? Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, super into Winters. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or at yeah. least he was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's still listening to them, but like he was massive into that band. And I remember uh, when we were still on Pope Drive, and he would bring that stuff over all oh, the time. Oh wow, so that like, was a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah, a oh, long man. time ago, man. I didn't he start was... listening until I was in Whistler. Yeah, and I I remember when when Weighty Ghost came in. I'm like, oh fuck, this is that band that Jeff was talking about. This is this is that Winter Sleep group. This is really this is cool, man. Yeah, and yeah, like, and not just Winter Sleep, but I mean, I mean. I think a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, no shit," but Great Big C has yeah. always been a. You know, it's actually I shouldn't say always because it wasn't until I saw them live uh, that I decided, yeah, I like because before I was like, yeah, it's all right, and then I saw them live. Yeah. Um, when they came to uh, the Little Lake Music Festival. Yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. This is this yeah. is something that There's I have like somehow overlooked this. Yeah. And it There's was a lot incredible. of energy. Yeah, huge, yeah. huge. And the harmonies are just bananas. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the the East Coast kills it. Even hip hop, hip hop has a huge, huge place in the East Coast. I mean, that's where classifies from. Obviously, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's sorry, a, man. I'm not a an Atlantic hip hop guy. You know, it, it a lot a lot of people probably don't even know about the uh, Canadian hip hop scene, but there are some gems in there. Like. The, Drake is Canadian, right? Yeah, but that's, that's that's more you're going closer to like the the top, almost like pop, you would say. Okay, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm pretty underground when it comes to hip hop. I'm sorry, man. I just I'm I'm so it's a whole different it's a different genre. Like, I, 
Yeah. See, that's where snowboarding has changed music for me in some ways. Sure. And that sport is so aligned, parallel with music. I mean, uh, every time you're going riding, you have headphones and you're always listening yeah. and, and you have playlists and you're trying to get the perfect song to match the perfect day of riding and oh, things okay. like that so that's cool that's where i got hip-hop from because it's very just beats like bass snare right bass snare and a lot of snowboard videos when i watched snowboard videos when i was a kid it's crazy tricks going down but the the video editors would sync up the song the the bass and the snare hits with their tricks when they land them right and they synced everything perfectly and that's where I really started listening to hip hop because a lot of the snowboard videos had hip hop songs in them. So then, did snowboarding probably had a pretty big influence on on your playing too? Then did I it? I think so. It yeah, I would say so because even there's some things I just don't listen to when I'm riding. Right. And there's things that I'll like. I, I always have that one song kind of waiting sure. on a playlist. But because uh, like whatever you're listening to has to bleed into what you. Yeah, I mean, since I'm doing fingerstyle songs, I do a lot of percussive stuff, so yeah. it's kind of going I with beats and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, a lot of electronic music, hip hop, and there and there's some. I see a lot of riders now that are putting in, like I I heard a Jack White song in a snowboard video. Really? Uh, I've heard some like a lot of electric light orchestra. Nice like, like, man. People are bringing like Chicago. People are bringing back Fuck, some yeah. good music in the snowboard videos. I'm like, yes. I was like, and I couldn't believe. Like I heard Jethro Tull. I'm like, they <sighs> listen to this too. I'm like, yeah. And like snowboarding. What Tull? What Tull was it? Uh, not Aqualung. Uh, Locomotive Breath. Oh fuck yeah! It's like my favorite. That's my favorite song besides Teacher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. I, I'm. I was. I. I canceled going to this festival in uh, in April in Australia, but I was supposed to go to Blues Fest in Byron Bay, and that was Buddy Guy, Jethro Tull, uh, oh man, Doobie Brothers. Really. Neil Young was supposed to be there, but he canceled. Hmm. Uh, oh man, and the the list goes on. Like it was insane, but uh, it's too bad I'm not going now. But um, but uh, it's just like that that whole snowboard scene. It's funny how you're like, oh, they're all just listening to hip hop, and then that one snowboarder will put on a good old classic, and you're like, yes, I like nice. this guy, right? Like, yeah, but snowboarding does. I guess it did affect some of my playing. I guess you could say, That's just sweet. what I wanted to play. Not, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of of playing, man, do you want to uh, maybe? Do you want to give the the people a taste? Yeah. I can definitely get something going. All right. Sure. I can dig that. I can dig dig it. All right. Well, um, we are going to take a short break here and reset. For you guys, no time will have passed whatsoever. Next thing you're going to hear is me just introducing Joey again, and then some really, really impressive guitaring will ensue. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Charlebois.
I just called it morning coffee. Because I, <laughs> I wrote it, but well, I had a morning coffee. Nice. All right. Sounds good? Awesome. Is that it? That's the only one? I have another one. Fucking play another oh, one. Oh, man. Let's do another we're still, one. Yeah, we're still rolling, baby. Perfect. What's, what's this one called? I don't have a name for this one. Untitled. Yeah. Right. Untitled. Yeah, and the funny thing is... This is actually one of the first ones I finished. Really? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. And I was so... This is one I'm actually like really proud of. It's, it's, I think it's the one... The, I think you've heard this one. It's one I, the first one I played, and you were there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
sounds awesome. Yeah. Where can people find your stuff online, man? I just have a Vimeo channel. What's it called? Just under my name, Joey Charlebois. Alright, you heard it here first. Thank you for listening, Joey Charlebois. Thank you for having me, man. My name is Dawson McManus. You've been listening to 646. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Peace out.